0: Welcome to another episode of the Loving Life After Loss podcast. I am your host, Marie Alessi. Good morning, lovely people. Marie Alessi here. I heard this sentence, I don't know how many times after Rob died. Call me if you need anything. And people even tried to make it sound really, really sincere Call me if you need anything. Like anything, I mean it. And I trust that they meant it. I really do. I know in my heart that this sentence usually comes with a really good intention. But truth is, people feel extremely helpless in the way when they're confronted with pain. People don't know how to deal with pain. So they just want to fix it. They want to make you feel better. They want to help you get out of that pain. Yet truth to be told, we don't know how to get out of that pain when we're in the thickness of it. Especially in those early days, in the first couple of weeks, months, when people ask me, if there's anything you need, just let me know. Anything. I couldn't think of anything I needed yet everything was overwhelming at first. I feel that I was one of the lucky ones. I felt a very strong inner guidance. I felt that I was sort of led along the way. I felt that the path just presented itself, yet that didn't take away the pain and that didn't take away... The feeling of helplessness every now and then where you feel you're in so much overwhelm you don't know where to start and at the same time you have no idea how to reach out for help. I'm going to share a personal and really beautiful example Fernanda. Fernanda and Frank were really really close friends of ours you know like the four of us including our kids we spent a lot of time together and Fernanda was or is just as a passionate cook as Rob was. And it's actually her very special birthday today. So if for whatever reason, however you may see this, it, Fernanda, because I know you're not on Facebook, I want to wish you a happy birthday, but I'll get back to that later. And Fernanda was one of those people who really took me under her wings after Rob passed. The uncountable times that she cooked for us or brought dinner over, but there were even more times where she said, let me know if you want me to cook for you and apart from one time where I was so desperate and so in I can't do this tonight stage I never reached out to her when she said hey we're cooking tonight you're coming that really helped see the difference what I mean we have to Think about the language, how we offer help and how we can support people in their pain. And very often there are only two ways to do that. There is the very direct approach. We are cooking tonight. Are you coming? That makes it easy for us to say yes or no without overthinking it, without having to think what do I need? Um, Which day? I'm not really sure. So... When you say, I'm cooking tonight, are you coming? Do you want to come for dinner? Or do you want me to bring you dinner? It's a very direct yes or no answer. It makes it easy for the other person. And the other one that I really love and that has helped me the most is the do you want me to come and just sit with you? And then be very specific in the times that you have because it makes it easier for the other person to say yes or no. There could be the hey I'm clocking off early of work from uh, 12 pm on Thursday I can come and sit with you for two hours do you want me to come? It helps it's a specific day it's a specific time frame and it shouldn't be too far in the future because so often we just don't know how we feel on that very day. So the closer you can make it to now, the better it is. Because when you're grieving, you're in a very acute state. You're not in a, hey, see me next week sort of scenario. We feel the feels right now. We're under thickness of the pain right now. When it happens, we have no idea what next week could bring. If we feel better, if we feel hungrier, if we feel ready for food, if we feel ready for somebody to sit with us, we don't know that right there, right then, in the situation. I remember after Rob passed, friends of mine had organized a food roster for us and I also remember that it was so helpful to not have to worry about such a mundane thing as cooking. And don't get me wrong, for some it's very therapeutic and for some they need this regularity, but that was not me. Rob was the one who cooked most of the time. He was passionate about it. His Italian and Mauritian background, it basically he was born with it. you know. In his family, in the Alessi family, all they talk about is food and how to prepare food and how they tried different recipes and how they reinvented old recipes, old family recipes. Everything they talk about is food. Their whole passion is food, and I loved it. But I wasn't born like that. I wasn't built like that. I wasn't passionate about food. I had to learn that again. So when friends of mine organized the food roster, it was super helpful for us, yet it also brought uh, situations with them where especially my younger son is very fussy with food that every second meal that came, he was fussed about, he was... um, he was fussing about it i should say he wasn't fussed about it. he was fussing about it and um that made it really tricky for me to be grateful for the help but also not to know what's next how are they gonna like it is there something else that he's gonna you know pull his nose up for or um often we were just um over catered with food and there were bucket loads of food and we didn't know what to do with it. So every now and then I just had to cancel uh, one of the people who were on our roster and um, it was something else to think about. Yet it was so much easier for me than having to cook on my own. So I think for the first five weeks we were so looked after. We were just so, um, yeah, every day somebody came with freshly home-cooked meal, which was so beautiful. So think about practical things. What are the things that the very person you want to help could need? Hugs is another thing. I my love language is physical touch and quality time. So I got into overwhelm when two people, too many people, came to my house, and I have shared this very often. One particular day, um, the door opened at nine o'clock in the morning. For people who came in who just wanted to give me a hug, who just wanted to quickly see me, who just, 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 just didn't leave till 5 p.m. that night. So from 9 a.m. in the morning till 5, 5.30 that night, I had people come in left, right, center, and the only people who left, left for the reason to make space for others, because another person came and another person came. We didn't have one single break that day and uh, I was in complete overwhelm. Energetically, I felt so crammed and I love hugs. And on that particular day, I couldn't deal with one more hug. I felt that my energy was completely drained. My energy was completely taken away from my boys who had needed me so badly that day, and I was in such a vulnerable state that I was not able to set boundaries that day, boundaries that I would have needed. So when somebody says to you, call me if you need anything, rest assured, they won't. We need to find different ways to read their energy, to read between the lines, to hold space for them, but to make sure to let them know that they're not alone in this. I understand it's such a fine line. It is such a balancing act. And none of us know how to really deal with grief, how to deal with the pain that people feel. Most people are super uncomfortable being confronted with pain. They just want to fix it. They just want to make it better. And the only way how you can make it better is by just being there and not expecting them to do something on top of their grief, like making a decision, like reaching out to you. It's impossible to reach out to someone when you're grieving and when you're in pain. It is the hardest part to take that step. So whatever we can do to help the person in pain, the person who's grieving, to make that tiny little first step, I think the best thing is to simplify things. Give them a yes or no. Give them a specific date. Give them a specific task you can do for them. Hey, I can help you clean your car tomorrow. I can help you change the oil. I can help you make that phone call to the mechanic. I'll go and get petrol for you. Tiny little things like that that make a huge difference. I truly hope this is helpful for you. If you're watching this on YouTube, please subscribe and hit the notification bell. For more updates, for more interviews, there's an amazing interview to come tomorrow. I'm really looking forward to the next Upswell Grief interview. And for more ideas on how to help, on how to reach out, please send me a PM. I'm sending you so much love. This is Marie signing off. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you enjoyed the show and you would like to find out more about loving life after loss, please visit marielessi.com. I shall see you next week. Bye.